welcome to Noblesville First. And those that are watching online, we invite you to pull your candles out and light them to represent God's presence with you where you are, along with us here in this sanctuary. Let us pray. Lord, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, the Sunday of love, we're here to comprehend how deep that love is, how fully it becomes to realize that you sent your Son into this world, the greatest sacrifice any being could make. Help us to receive that gift and understand what it calls us to do and be in our lives as we seek to discover that complete love in our hearts and minds on this day. Through Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
we invite those children involved in those of kids first program and, and at this time to their classes. Our scripture today focuses on Mary and her connection with Elizabeth. We'll hear more about it in a little bit. It comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Elizabeth was six months pregnant. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. So this month in our series complete, based on a Greek word that's used 87 times in the New Testament, called pleuropo, which means complete, to fulfill. We've used the image of a ship whose sails are fully expanded and the winds drive it to its intended destination. And we try to apply this word to the themes that we're sharing this Advent season to think through what it means to find lasting peace and enduring hope, pure joy, and sacrificial love. We've highlighted that peace is a gift that comes from Jesus. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The second week we talked about how God works our own lives and how they're interwoven into God's plans for all of creation, which means we don't always get what we want. Last week we talked about the joy that Jesus gives, and that sometimes we work too hard to try to manufacture Christmas joy, and the best thing we do is just stop and pause and have some silence in our lives, because it also is a gift that only God can give. So today we're going to talk about what does a complete love mean? What is that plenaroo, complete love, that shares that personal and spiritual understanding of a deep love? And when I thought about that, I thought the best way I can explain it in my understanding is my journey of love, to realize how far I've come in my understanding of love. And when I reflect upon what this is like, it's, it's one of those deals that we, as we get older, often say, I, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. And that's especially true when it comes to love, isn't it? I remember growing up in a household where love just wasn't expressed a whole lot, at least not the word. My mother, I know, did her best to try to care for us, provide meals and cook, even though she couldn't always do that sometimes because of her mental illness. My dad never used that word. But eventually I learned that dad loved me in his own way, providing for us, teaching me, Oh, so many things in life, so many things I still live by. That's how Dad showed his love for me. I remember there was a time in my life I thought, sure, my dad loved my brother better than me. Is it you know, so that kind of <clears throat> situation? Because he was always that more technical and engineering kind of person like my dad. But eventually I figured out that my dad loved me too. He just showed his love by what he did. I learned that I could. All I had to do was to ask, and he'd be there for me to do anything. And I also discovered at an early age that love can hurt and be confusing. My mother attempted suicide twice in my life growing up, and I didn't know what to do with that or how to process that. I wondered for a while if there must have been something wrong with me for her to want to leave our family. 
I also went to church every week. And there I learned that Jesus loves everyone. I remember that lesson very early on, that the church is not the building, it's not the steeple, but it's the people, right? You ever do that? And for me, that was so true. I remember people like Mr. Hines, who would greet me every single Sunday. He was there every week. And he'd reach out and grab my hand and say, How is Mr. Jerry today? And I love that. It made me feel special. It, it helped me endure that boring sermon every week when I said <laughs> We didn't have children's programming at our church. I remember dating a couple of girls. I remember thinking for a while that was love. And realized that uh, that kind of love is a pretty self-centered love. Because it's more about how they make you feel. Not about the commitment, the relationship. I remember going on a mission trip when I was a, a senior in high school and experienced the love that comes through serving and what joy I found in that. I married in college. I thought I knew what I was doing. And it's not like we rushed into it. We dated for three years, was engaged for a full year. But I realized now that we were still too young to really know what we needed in a life partner. We stayed together 22 years, we had four kids together, and we saw five different counselors during that time. That tells you the challenge that our relationship was. We both came from dysfunctional families. We both brought our emotional baggage into that relationship that ultimately caused that breakdown. But you know, I don't regret that marriage at all. As I came four wonderful children out of that relationship, and I learned so many things in all that journey. I was devastated by the breakdown, and for a while, I wondered, who was I to get up and preach on a Sunday morning when I can't even keep my house whole together? But I learned about love then, too. I learned about grace. I preached about grace for many years, but it was demonstrated to me by that congregation who loved me in spite of my failures. I discovered then what God's unconditional love really felt like, and it was powerful. And during that divorce and ensuing custody battle, I discovered how deeply I love my children. Now, you parents, I know there's sometimes you're ready to hand off those children, especially during this pandemic. There's so much to do. But just imagine not having your own children under your own roof. And that was a very painful and scary thought. But I found creative ways to stay deeply involved in my children's lives got even more involved in their schools, their activities, and rarely did a day go by that I didn't see at least one of my children during that time. And in spite of all that pain, I would do it all again because it led me to the person that is now my best friend. Nancy apologizes for not being here. I said, I'm going to talk about you today. <laughs> but she's transporting grandkids one place to another. And I've got a wonderful companion for every adventure now. But you know, my faith, and especially my study of Jesus, has taught me that love is much deeper than what we feel about our own spouse or own family. It's about how do we love others. That agape love that the Bible talks about, it's a spiritual love that calls us to love one another. It calls us to love the least of these. It calls us even to love our enemies. And that phrase has taken on new meaning for me 
our season of time now, where it seems that everything becomes political, everything's a divide, we're even struggling how we're gonna bring all of our family together, or vaxxers and anti-vaxxers this Christmas, Christmas season. <clears throat> but any Christians who's serious about loving as Jesus loves us needs to ask, well, how does God help me love those difficult people in my life? True love, the love Jesus lived, finds a way to hold conversations, to accept one another and keep working at understanding one another. In Jesus' world, relationships and community are always more important than doctrine and theology. So I share my journey because there are many layers of love. And if we're going to find that complete love that we're talking about, that sacrificial love that Jesus shows us means that there is always work to do. Like I said, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. There's obstacles to overcome, self-understanding that has to be developed, and sometimes pain that has to be experienced and worked through. <clears throat> and developing that complete love means learning how to deal with those difficult people in your life. I've still got a lot to learn myself. So now, when we consider this journey of love, and especially in stopping in this Christmas season, think about our Christmas narratives. I wondered about Mary. Mary is often talked about on the fourth Sunday of Advent. And she's known as that person who epitomizes love because the angel came to her and asked for her to carry that baby that would demonstrate God's sacrificial love in the greatest way ever. And her journey begins with an angel coming to her during her time of betrothal and telling her that she's going to have a child. And we often think of her as this passive individual who just takes it all in and obediently does whatever God says. But if you notice the narrative, it's that she interrupts the angel midstream. It says, but wait a minute. She expresses that she's not been intimate with Joseph yet, but the angel goes on to explain. And we think, okay, that's the end of the story, but no, what does she do right next? She goes and travels many, many miles to her cousin Elizabeth when she's told that she also has a child. And she knows, boy, there's something miraculous that's happened there. Maybe there's something there that can help me. And she spends about three months with Elizabeth and then travels back again. And then during the end of her pregnancy, she has to travel again, a nine-day journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of this blasted census that's taking place. Can you imagine in the last month of your pregnancy, riding on a donkey for nine days, up and down trails, rocky terrain? Who wants to sign up for that? But she did. And it wasn't exactly your ideal birth experience, was it? Having to have that baby in a stable, surrounded by animals, and the baby put in a trough, a feeding trough. Arthur Blessed, who owns the Guinness Book of Records for the world's longest walk, estimates that Mary would have traveled around 390 miles while she was with child. And then it was not long thereafter that King Herod decides this paranoid nature that he's got to eliminate this potential king that the wise men have asked him about. And so Mary and Joseph got to travel again right after having that baby all the way to Egypt 
But Mary's journey of love didn't just stop with Jesus' birth. She shows up again in the Gospels at the wedding at Cana. And there she tries to prompt Jesus to perform his first miracle, turning the water into wine. And Jesus doesn't seem to appreciate her urgings. She shows up again with Jesus' brothers. And when Jesus is made known that they're, they're waiting on him, what does Jesus do? He says words that even sound kind of hurtful. Who are my mother and my brothers? And Mary learns that this child of hers doesn't belong to her anymore. He belongs to the world. And then Mary shows up at the foot of the cross and experiences what is a parent's worst nightmare of watching your child die before you. Her journey was not an easy one. Her journey of love was very difficult and sometimes painful. So God doesn't promise us that that, that complete love comes without struggle and challenge. Love is hard, and developing a complete love is even harder. That kind of love does not come without the experience of loss and conflict. Because we live in a world that's full of hate and fear. And I think most hate starts with fear, doesn't it? A complete love is not arrived at without overcoming the fears of the past and present. I remember when my wife became pregnant with our first child. And at a time in which everything should have been, everything was going well in my life, all of a sudden I got depressed. I could barely get myself out of bed. I got myself eventually to a counselor in a support group and through that process learned what the problem was. One thing I thought, I was trying to be God and save the world because I couldn't save my mother. But the second piece I learned was that I was fearful I, I wouldn't be the father I need to be for my child. I was afraid I'd be a father like my father and all of his limitations. And it took some help to discover I could be the kind of father I want to be. And I vowed that my children would always know that they're loved. And to this day, every time we end a phone conversation, it ends with, love you on both ends. The journey of love is a challenge sometimes. God's love encounters us flawed human beings and moves us from imperfect people to people who learn to love ourselves and love others, and not just those in our family. I believe that God places in our lives people who are hard to love for the purpose of refining our love. How many of us got somebody in our life that is difficult to love? Probably every one of us, right? That person is one way that God is making our love deeper and more complete. Jesus shared these challenging words that I just love. They're so practical, so real. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, and they speak to us today about what a complete love looks like. Jesus said, If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. You'll be acting the way children of the Most High act, for he is kind to ungrateful and wicked people. 
Be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Last Sunday night, we had a wonderful Christmas concert, did we not? And, and you guys were pretty good. <laughs> it was amazing. Beautiful songs. And the highlight for me, in spite of how wonderful all that music was, was seeing the Janus Choir come up. There was about eight of them. And they sang with such passion and joy. It was pretty imperfect, right? But it was amazing. And the crowd, a packed sanctuary, spontaneously, there was no prompt at all, they just spontaneously stood up and gave them a standing ovation. It was one of the most sacred moments I've had since COVID. And it made me think about, gosh, how we used to be, treat people that had special needs. Oh, I thought back to my high school days, we were terrible to people that were mentally challenged in our school. The names that we called them, the way we, the things that we did, I'm ashamed of now. And even in general society, we, we tend to shun people. We, did, we didn't want them around because they made us feel uncomfortable. What did it take to break down that fear? It took people being brave enough to say, this is not the way it should be. People willing to challenge those things. And because of that now, we have wonderful organizations like Janus Developmental Services. It's, wonder, it's wonderful why we have programs like Sunshine Friends that's been meeting for many years, provide these kind of places where all people are treated with respect, and love, and dignity. April Kasperson says, an almost or incomplete love is a love that welcomes only the parts of people that are desirable or palatable or easy to handle. In contrast, an altogether more complete love is the evil conquering kind of love, is a love that welcomes the whole self and honors that we are made up of many parts. We are all complicated people. So I think I can guarantee you that every one of us has got someone in our life that is hard to love. It may be a family member, it may be your spouse sometimes, maybe a coworker, maybe it's that person on your Facebook feed that just drives you nuts with those posts that challenge your value system. But Jesus calls us to find a way to love them in spite of how they challenge us. We're to love as God loves us. Jesus says it with such great simplicity. Would you read it with me? Let's throw it up on the screen here. Read it with me. I give you a new command that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the challenge to love more deeply, to love everybody, especially those that are difficult to love. Grow us, mature us, deepen our love for others so that we can love as completely as you love us. Through Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. The caring place was very grateful. This is Lori Overton, and I am the coordinator for the Angel Tree. Projects went very well this year. The caring place was very grateful. 
about 50 gifts brought under the tree, and two of those were bikes, which is very generous. Kids down there appreciate everything. The angel tree, we had about 72 tags, which resulted in about 175 gifts, and they truly appreciate every single one. The Lebanon Children's Home is always very, very grateful for the gifts that those children get. Sometimes it's the only Christmas that they get at all. I want to thank everyone for your support with these missions, and thank you to Kathy Mills and Grace Circle for their efforts and getting the gifts delivered. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You contributed to this annual Christmas giving. Uh, that voice, as you meant, as it was mentioned, was Lori Overton. She's a little camera shy, but we thank her for coordinating all this. Uh, it's quite a, quite a job. A few announcements to bring your attention. I'm reminding that Christmas Eve, we have the same times we have in previous years, 5, 7, 9, 11, that remember, 5 o'clock family service is in Celebration Hall. The 7 o'clock will also be in Celebration Hall, led by the praise band. 9 o'clock will be held in here with communion offered, and then 11 o'clock will be led by the chance of choir and orchestra. Uh, each of those will have candlelight. The 5 o'clock family will use glow sticks and several glow sticks of accessories, so that'd be a lot of fun children so please come and then also remember that the Sundays that follow Christmas December 26th and that follow New Year's January 2nd that uh, we're going to just go with two services on those Sunday a special uh, schedule so 945 traditional here 11 o'clock contemporary worship celebration hall will not have our children's programming on those two Sundays giving all those leaders a break for those two weeks we've had some people ask questions about the snowballs of hope we're going to bring it back on January the 16th we thought you'd like, like a little heads up in case you're out shopping and want to get those extra socks and gloves and warm weather things that are donated to all the organizations that we support every year. Uh, I, I need to let you know that it, it took a little uh, briefing for Pastor Jill to get on board with that. She's a little nervous about things being thrown at her, but uh, she's in on it now. So we look forward to that opportunity. And uh, she'll get blasted just as much as I get blasted. <laughs> Please remember, if, uh, if you're looking for what's happening here, please go to the next steps. It's the best way to keep track of all the events of the week. It's also the best thing if you're new to the congregation, want to learn more about how to get better connected. And if you happen to be new, be sure you find Pam Kaplinger, a hospitality coordinator. She's got a free gift for you and information that helps you get better connected with the congregation. Our connection cards, pull them out. And you'll see the opportunities to serve. Please use them. One side to share your name, the best method of contact. I'm back to find the prayer request in the places that you can help serve with the ministries that are current at that time. Let's pray on the gifts and tithes we're about to offer. Well, Lord, we've still reflected upon the devastation that happened in Kentucky, and we're grateful that our giving, our weekly giving, support that infrastructure that makes sure that. Umpore, the United Methodist Committee on Relief can be there and have hands and feet on the ground when those disasters happen, when they, at the very moment that they happen. We thank you for the chance to be a part of that connection system that do so many wonderful things together as United Methodists. So we celebrate that on this day and ask that you help us to be generous, especially as we re reflect upon your generous generosity to us and offering the gift of the Christ child. Through him who is our Lord, we do pray.
Good morning. At this time, we'd like to share some concerns and joys with you today. Please hold Sue and Bruce Cox in your prayers this week. Sue is recovering from recent multiple hospitalizations due to challenging medical issues. Let us hold the family of Earl Eugene McMahon, a faithful member of Noblesville First, in our prayers and hearts. Earl passed away peacefully last Sunday, December 12th, at the age of 92, just a few days before his birthday. He and his brothers, Bud and Ed, owned the McMahon Food Company in Noblesville from 1953 to 1987. Many people in Noblesville found work there as it became the largest employer in Hamilton County and one of the largest food service distributors in the country. The visitation and services were held at Randall and Roberts Funeral Center earlier last week. We'd also like to add a praise and a continuing prayer for Sharon Greathouse. She is doing well after her open heart surgery. Prayers for her recovery to go well as well. And also we'd like to add for our talented musicians and magnificent choir to thank God and to hear the joy of hearing children during the reading of the lighting of the Advent candle. Thank you all. Please share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also available. And contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 317-773-2590.
followed by a pastoral prayer, and then the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, thank you for the many blessings that you provide to us every day, Lord. Some blessings may be tiny and others may be enormous, but either way, Jesus, it's because of you that we have everything and anything at all. This season can be extremely joyous, Father, Yet, Jesus, there are some of us who can't feel or receive the love shared among family or friends. It seems the happier that others get, the lonelier we may feel. Our hearts scream, bah humbug, and we wish it would all just go away. The pain, the heartache, the hunger, the loneliness, and the tears. And then, Jesus, there is you. We can count on you being there, God, all for just a few minutes of prayer. We can hear your voice or feel your gentle touch in our hearts. The gift of your peaceful love always promised to us. Even when we cry out and say, God, where are you? You are there. There is nothing that will ever separate us from you, Jesus. Thank you for being our loving and mighty God, and thank you for the Lord's Prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we the power and the glory. 
world, keeping Jesus' words deep in our hearts. To love one another just as I have.